Hey, brother, today I've got some good news. And what that is, is your wife does not want a divorce. It doesn't matter what she says, despite what she says, I can promise you she does not want a divorce. How can I promise you this? Well, I've got several things. One is the 2,500 men who have been through our program. So many of them came to us with their wives saying, it's over, it's done, there's no fixing it, it's beyond hope. And yet those women are still married to those men happily today, 5, 10, 15 years later. But there's another reason too. And that second reason is Donna Rudowitz, who's a friend of mine from a top 1% mastermind in coaching, when she put it out to all of her clients, she asked them, did they actually want a divorce? None of them wanted a divorce. What they wanted was for their king to rise. In absence, that ascension, they had no choice and felt forced to divorce. But I'm going to tell you that there's actually a logical, scientific reason why she doesn't want a divorce so that I can make sure that you understand and you have hope and you have confidence. Okay, so let's take a look at the only things that are important inside your life, because there are only four of them. And these four things are going to be your health, which we're going to call body, your spirituality, which is your relationship with God and your relationship with yourself, which we're going to call your being, your marriage and your relationship with your kids, and we're going to call that your balance, and then your finances, and we're going to call that your business. Now, let's talk about the average woman out there. Does she want her body to be harmed? And of course, the answer is no. Now, if you're the kind of man who harms her body intentionally, then turn this video off because we won't work with you. Here's what I want you to know, though. If you're keeping her in a marriage in a state of unhappiness, you're unintentionally hurting her body. How? Because being with you is causing a stress response and a cortisol dump. And so all of the stress hormones and the things that get released in order to fight the bear in front of you, they say you need to turn off the genes that hunt down and kill cancer. It shortens her telomeres, those little shoelaces on the end of her DNA. And what that means is you're literally killing her from the inside out with slow motion homicide. If you want to know why she's telling you she wants a divorce, that's the reason. But here's the thing. If you change, if you transform, if you rise as a king and you stop doing that to her, then her body will begin to heal immediately because she will be inside the confines and the safety of a safe and loving marriage. Her fight or flight response and her stress response will go down and her cancer killing genes will turn back on and their telomeres are not going to shorten anymore. So what happens if she gets divorced? Massive stress, my brother massive stress. She's got to figure out how to do it without you. She's got to figure out how to raise her kids as a single mom. She's got to worry about bringing men around her kids. 
She's got to worry about finance. She's, she's got to worry about, was it me? She's got to try to heal from all of this emotionally. And inside of that space, it's going to be seven years before she completely heals emotionally. And that's going to keep her body in a state of stress. So if you ask yourself, does her body do better if you can just fix your marriage in the next six to eight weeks? Or does her body do better if she divorces you and it takes six to eight years for all of this to settle down and for complete healing to occur? So for her body, she would be better off not divorcing you. And therefore, for her body, she would prefer not to have a divorce. Look at it like this. Divorce is like heart surgery. Like if you wake up and you can't breathe or your, your heart is going crazy or you got pain in your chest and they rush you to the hospital and they're like, look, sorry to give you the bad news, but you're going to need heart surgery. Like you don't want the heart surgery. You know, the heart surgery itself is life threatening. You know, it's going to take months or years to recover. You know, you may never be the same. But in, 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 when you're faced with the choice of death or living in a bed connected to tubes versus having the surgery, well, then you have the surgery and you move on with your life. The divorce is no different. And that goes across a body being balance and business. So let's take a look at how does it affect her being? Well, in the 2,500 men we've worked with and the 20-some thousand calls we've had with men who are facing divorce, God has granted us this amazing insight into marriage and what goes on. And what I'm going to tell you is that as a woman becomes less and less happy and she's more and more in that stress mode, it's very likely that the Holy Spirit is telling her to stay in her marriage and fix it. It's very likely that if she is maybe re-engaging old flames, maybe she's flirting, and you'll probably know that this is happening if all of a sudden she's paying more of attention to her appearance, she's getting her nails done, hasn't done that for years, got a cute haircut, she's losing weight, she's working out, she's buying cute clothes, paying more attention to her makeup. Man, it's probably not about you. It's probably either attracting some man she hasn't met yet, or it's attracting some man who she already knows. Now, what do you think the Holy Spirit's telling her about that? So what ends up happening is when the Holy Spirit is convicting her and she's so miserable inside her marriage, the truth is, is that a lot of women, they shut down to God. They stop listening. Women, the guys get on the phone with us and they're like, I, I don't understand. She was such a good Christian woman. She had strong Christian values. And now she's out in the bars until two o'clock at night and sending sexting pictures and, and those kinds of things. I mean, what's going on with my wife? Well, what's going on with her? She's shutting down to God because she can't hear it. Because faced between God telling her she needs to stay in that marriage and at least try to make it work at least try to address her own faults, at least try to address her responsibility and what's going on here. Like she can't hear it. So what does she do? She goes out and she does things that are sinful and then she gets convicted. She shuts down to God. Well, what do you think that does to her relationship with herself? Her relationship with herself begins to degrade and deteriorate as well. Why? Because of the guilt, because of the shame, because she knows she's doing wrong. And she's going she's gonna to shut all that down because she needs to sedate. Why? Because her body is hurting. It's not only that her body is hurting from those health-related issues. Her body is hurting because 
painful emotions. They're called feelings for a reason. You feel them in your body. And so she's trying to sedate that stuff. And, you know, we didn't even talk about alcohol. We didn't even talk about potential drug use. I mean, all of these things are going on and none of them are getting better any, anytime soon, unless you rise as a man and you fix your marriage. And so we can say that her relationship with God is deteriorating. Her relationship with her business is deteriorating. So for that reason, she would prefer not to get divorced. She would prefer there were some magic wand you could just tap on, on, or I could tap it on your shoulder, brother. I'll tap this magic wand on your shoulder and all the marital problems are over. Which option is better for her? Seven years of healing emotionally, being disconnected from God, all of the shame and guilt of what is going on in her life, or taking you back when all of these things are, are fixed, moving forward with you when all of these things are fixed. Now let's talk about balance. This is your marriage relationship. This is your relationship with your children. Now, regardless of what her friends are telling her, regardless of what her therapist is telling her, regardless of what the world is telling her, the statistics don't lie. Children fare far worse in an unhappy marriage. They're a hundred times more likely to be all kinds of abused, including physical, emotional, mental, sexual, spiritual, you name it a hundred times more likely to be abused in a blended family, in a broken home, three to five times more likely to commit suicide. In fact, 66% of teen suicides occur inside a fatherless home. We know that immediately their grades are gonna go in the tank. We know that immediately they're gonna start blaming themselves. We know that immediately their childhood is over. Many of them have any console a hurting parent and actually taking the parent role and, and seeing the parent as a child. They're going to get pushed to the corner when you guys start dating. They're going to be made to feel like they're not welcome in, in whatever home they're in. They don't have a home. They're a visitor eventually in their stepmother's house. They're a visitor eventually in their stepfather's house. Guys tend to think with the wrong head when this is going on and they really marginalize their children. They pretty much lose their father. And you can say you're different, brother, but we all know what goes on when you find, you know, a, a pretty girl who just can't keep her hands off you. I mean, it's like, no, I can't really spend time with the kids today. And then inside of the, the stepfather's house, I mean, you're just an annoyance getting as a kid. You're just an annoyance getting between him and his new girlfriend. So all of these things, man, more likely to be obese, more likely to have speech impediments, more likely to fail out of school, not go to college, make less money their whole life, repeat the cycle of divorce. I mean, does that what is that what your wife wants for your children? Absolutely not. Now, please don't go quote all this stuff to her and tell her this because she's going to see it as self-serving and manipulative and trying to guilt her. And by the way, man, what I'm going to tell you is that all of this stuff happening as the man is your fault. I mean, if you want to look in the mirror and see a man looking back at you, you've got to understand this is your fault. Why? Because you're leading. You've led your family here. But in, inside of this conversation about why she doesn't actually want to divorce, no matter what she says, all of this stuff is going through her head. 
And maybe she's rationalizing it. Maybe she's lying to herself. Or maybe this, maybe she's making a calculated decision that even though all of that stuff is much more likely impossible, it's better than the current situation because inside the current situation, she is slowly dying from the inside out from the stress and unhappiness. And that's leading her to dark thoughts. And we know that this is three to five times more likely for an unhappy woman in her marriage. But we know that it's probably higher than that because so many women have talked to us after their, their husbands have gone through our program. And they said that they would get in their car and they'd, put, they'd go to put on their seatbelt and they just wouldn't put it on, thinking maybe God will do me a favor and, and I'll hit a tree. So what we've got to understand here, though, is that, that, that she doesn't want a divorce for, for your kids. That's not the ideal. It's not the fairy tale. It's not the storybook ending that she wanted for her children. And yet here she is faced with, with, with no alternative because her king won't rise. So inside of that space, she feels like she's forced to divorce. And she tells you, I, I want a divorce. There's no fixing this. I've made up my mind. Why do they say that? They say that because it takes so much effort to emotionally and mentally divorce themselves from you. And so many times you have disappointed her and made promises and let her down that she just can't go through the roller coaster. And at some point she's got to break free. And so it looks hopeless and it sounds hopeless, but because of her body and because of your children's bodies, she does not want a divorce because of her relationship with God. And by the way, children of divorced families, it's very often they fall away from God. She doesn't want that for her children. And let's talk about the marriage relationship itself. Now, every human has two core fears. And these two core fears are that I'm not enough and therefore I'm going to die without love. And it's ultimately because of the separation from God. And yet we have these, these fears. Somewhere in your wife's brain, She's blaming herself for, for something. If nothing else, she chose you. She said yes when you asked her to marry you. She saw warning signs. She saw yellow flags. She saw red flags. She chose you. She knows she didn't handle every conflict correctly. She feels guilt and shame over some of the things that she said and done. And what I'm going to say, man, is that, you know, there are no bad marriages. There are only bad male leaders quoting Jocko Willing, Willing, kind of paraphrasing him. But nonetheless, if you are not leading her correctly and she is wandering in the desert and she makes bad choices, she's going to feel bad about herself inside of that space. And she's going to be able to start wondering, am I ever going to be able to, to make a marriage work? Like how much of this actually was my fault? As she's really, as she's nearing the end and she's, she, you know, she's coming to terms with all of this stuff. Many times she'll even tell you that, look, it wasn't all you, it was me too. So does she want to go out and embark inside of a single mother dating game? Does she want to be a single mom? No. Does she want to date with children? No. Does she want to have to explain her children? No. Does she want to have to defend her children? No. Does she want to be with a man who will never love her children as much as the man who created them with her? No. So who, who is she going to date anyway? It's not like there's a bunch of 20-something 
all jacked up guys who, who have eyes on fire and dreams nobody could steal, to quote the Eagles. Like, those guys are gone. What's left is the middle-aged guys, the guys who are broken, most likely divorced by their wife because they didn't understand how to be a husband with all their baggage and their children and their alimony and their child support and their, their last wife issues. I mean, really, that's who she's going to date. That's where she's going to find her Prince Charming. And in the back of her head, she's just wondering if, if, you know, if she could ever make a marriage work by herself. I mean, you know, with, with, with what's wrong with her and inside of marriage with one of these frogs. So both for your kids and, and their relationships with their eventual step parents and her and her relationship with her eventual new husband or whatever, she does not want a divorce. So we can check off that quadrant as well. Now let's talk about financially. Financially, did you know that it's not just a 50-50 divide? You know, it would be really cool if it was. Not that marriage is, or divorce is cool, but it would be really cool if you got to split 50-50. But it's not really 50-50 any way you slice it. Even if by some miracle, let's say you got a million dollars and you get a check for 500 and she gets a check for 500. Now you've got $500,000 when you used to have a million and you've got double the expenses. So your net worth decreased by 50% and your expenses increased by some amount. And if, if you can afford that, if you can't afford that, now your standard of living is going down. So it's not just the amount of money that you're splitting. You have a lower net worth. You have a lower standard of living. She has a lower net worth. She has a lower standard of living. Your kids have now been ratcheted down from the stuff that you worked so hard for to achieve. And so that's what she's contemplating as well. How am I going to make two households work? on one household's income. And does that mean that we start going into savings? Oh, by the way, she can't have a big job, especially if her children are any kind of young, anything less than driving. How is she going to stay home with them when they're sick? How is she going to stay home when she needs to travel? Who's going to watch them when she needs to work long hours, nights, weekends, or whatever? So even if she's qualified and able to make a lot of money with a big job, she can't devote the attention to it. And, and most often, man, you know, guys, they're worthless when it comes to being partners and helpers and co-parents and stepfathers. And she knows she can't count on you. So what's going to happen to her wealth? It's going to plummet. So her standard of living is going to go down. Her health is going to go down. Her relationship with God is going to go down. Her relationship with her children is going to go down. And her, her everything's going down, man. Is this what she wants? Absolutely not. Absolutely not, brother. What does she want? Well, let's talk about what happens when her king rises. So... If this is the man she's married to today, and this is the man she, wish, she wishes she was married to. It's funny, when I was a kid, I used to draw these things a different way. And I've kind of changed the way that I draw them. But here's the thing. 
this is the guy she's married to today, this little guy. And this big guy is the guy who she wishes she was married to. Now, if we were to go back to what I just said, and I were to go to her as a trusted advisor and tell her that all we need to do is help this guy here who is incarcerated inside a prison of his own lies. We'll get to that in a minute. Break free from those lies that this man, this 1.0 version, could transcend himself and become the 2.0 version who is the king. Go with me here, man. I think I hit this too many times, so I'm going to have to tap it a couple of times to get back. Okay. If she's about to suffer in her body, if she's about to suffer in her being, if she's about to suffer in her balance, if she's about to suffer in her business, the money may never be recovered. Even, you know, it says even a high earning man is going to take at least 10 years to get back to where he was before the divorce occurred. 10 years. Wherever you are, man, if you get a divorce, it's 10 years before you get back to where you were today. It means you never recover from this with the same amount of wealth unless you just you know, one of the 0.01 percenters and you just, you invent the next tickle me Elmo or something. So her body is degrading. Her being is degrading. Her balance is degrading. Her business is degrading. This is going to go on for years in all four of these quadrants. And then we come over here and we say, but in eight weeks, we can help your husband transcend this path from this 1.0 version, which we call the frog, to this 2.0 version, which we call the king. Now, why do we call him the frog and the king? Well, it's the fairy tale. See, she had this dream growing up as a little girl that she was gonna find a prince and she was gonna marry that prince. And when she kissed him on the altar, he became a king and the king never hurt her and he always took care of her. That's not what happened. What ended up happening is when she kissed the prince on the altar, he turned into a frog and she felt like she was baited and switched. And now inside of that space, she's saying she wants to get a divorce. Okay. And so where were we? Got a phone call there. So we talked about how when she kisses this prince on the altar, he turns into a frog and she felt baited and switched. So the thing is, is if we could get her back the king she's been fantasizing about in eight weeks, would she rather destroy so much in her body that may never fully recover, destroy so much in her being that may never fully recover, destroy so much in her balance that may never fully recover, and destroy so much in her finances that may never fully recover? to the point and to the extent that this is life for death inside of her body she could end up with cancer i did when i was in an unhappy marriage it, 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 it was horrible man i attribute it to the cancer i attribute it to the stress i attribute it to the anger to the point where she could become suicidal to the point where she could lose her soul inside of being to the point where 
your kids could get abused or could become suicidal and you could lose them to the point where the financial devastation could be irrecoverable. You know, there's a lot of guys who have a financial peak and they ride that wave the rest of their life. If you only get one man and you've already had it, and now you're going to lose half or more. Oh, by the way, I didn't even talk about the fact that if you fight over your assets, you probably end up with 30% because the lawyers are going to take about 20% off your top and 20% off of hers. Does she want to go through that, all of that stuff, or does she want her king to rise? She wants her king to rise. Because if her king rises, she doesn't have to go through that stuff. Now, I'm going to tell you, man, you have taught her to trust that you are unable to rise. You have taught her to trust that you are unable to rise because you have given her tens and hundreds of thousands of examples of failure. Because what ends up happening down here is the monster and the mama's boy. The monster gets angry and blames and shames and defends and deflects and makes it her fault and puts bass and tone in his voice and amps up his shoulders and leans in and wags his finger at her. Why? Because he can't face the fact that he's the frog. So it takes a strong man to look in the mirror and say, there are areas in my life where I am weak and I no longer accept that. I no longer tolerate it, but I own it. And inside of that space, I'm going to do something about it. See, that's a king. That's a warrior. You know, we can say here, down here, this is a wanderer. The wanderer is, I don't know. I guess I'll go by the five love languages and give that a whirl. I don't know. I guess I'll ask my friends. I don't know. I'll ask my pastor. Dudes, let me tell you something. We got tons of pastors in this program. Pastors don't have a clue either. They can't fix their own marriage. They can't fix yours. So does she want a wanderer or does she want a warrior? Does she want a frog or does she want a king? Here's the other thing. Inside of eight weeks, which is far less than it takes for the average divorce to play out, up here she gets a sure thing. I can't even spell sure. S-U-R-E. Thing. If she divorces you and her track takes her to some other guy, this guy is a question mark. We don't know about him. We don't know if he's going to be a wanderer or a warrior. We don't know if he's going to be a frog or a king. So when you've taught her not to trust hundreds of thousands of times by snapping at her, by drilling into her, by yelling at her, by calling her names, by being passive aggressive, by doing things to get back at her, by shutting down to her, by walking away from conflict and walking away from conversations, by never making it better, by never giving her anything to, to hold on to, any kind of hope that any of this is ever going to get better. 
what she says is there's no fixing this and I'm out and I'm done and I don't care. And that'll be better for your next wife. And you should have done this six months ago, or you should have done this six years ago, or it's too late. And that's really the point of this video and, 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 and part of this podcast, because it's going to be on both. What it is, man, is what you got to understand is that that is her current mindset. Her current mindset. Her current mindset. Does that mean her mindset cannot change? No, it does not. She's not stupid, man. If there's a sure thing in eight weeks, she's going to take it. But there's no time to waste and the clock is ticking and you've got a very short runway and you better address this. You better address this and you better convert her mindset from this is impossible to fix to this is possible to fix. And it all hinges on you as the man. Because if you say that this is only possible to fix, when she changes, it's not going to be possible to fix because that's not her mindset. She is not happy. If she is not happy, then you are driving that unhappiness. She is not the answer, at least in her own mind. And, and it should be in your mind because you are leading her. If you lead her to a happier place, she will follow you into that happier place. And so what does this, this path rise like, like this, this ascension? What is, how, how do we do this? That's, that's the question, right? The question is, how do we get from this incarcerated prison of our own lies into this king-like peak from this pit of painful problems here? This is the pit of painful problems to the peak of pleasurable possibilities. How do we get there? Well, you might've seen in some of my other videos that there's four stages. We have to ascend your inner king. We have to ascend your outer king. We have to ascend your queen. And we have to ascend your kingdom. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, that means you need to fix your emotional health. You've got to be the most, the most emotionally healthy, the most emotionally intelligent, the best at relationships. You've got to have a rock solid, impenetrable, unbreakable frame of joy and bliss that you can call up on demand. And you've got to get rid of all your pain. You got to get rid of the negativity. You got to get rid of the scarcity. You got to get rid of the I can'ts. You got to get rid of the unbelief because you're the chief belief officer. If you don't believe this marriage can be fixed, she's never because she's going to be following you. She's the weaker vessel. You're the stronger vessel. If the stronger vessel believes it's not going to make it through the storm, the weaker vessel knows it's not going to make it through the storm. The fear, the doubt, the insecurity, the anger, the rage. You got to get rid of it all, man. Because your body is literally transmitting that to her and infecting her with that stuff. And you got to get rid of your own unhappiness. 
that that's a trick, man. You're not happy in this marriage. You know you're not happy in this marriage. This marriage is broken. This marriage is not working. How could you possibly be happy? And we lie to our wife and we tell her, oh, yeah, I'm happy in this marriage. If you could just be happy. Not true. Are you getting everything you signed up for in this marriage? Is she doing everything the way that you would ultimately optimally like? And then is she not doing anything you don't like? And do you know how to deal with that stuff? Because that is called life. That is called marriage. She has free will. God has to deal with that with us. We have to deal with that inside of our wife. All these negative emotions, man, when you bring that into the marriage, what you're doing is, is, is every interaction is lost before you say or do anything. And then guys want to fix it by trying to say and do stuff. So up here is what we think and feel. And over here is what we say and do. So you got to learn how to say and do stuff better. But what I want to tell you is unless you get the first warrior king ascension, which is to ascend your inner king, unless you get that part done first, never going to get the second part because she's going to see the second part as self-serving and manipulative. Oh, yeah, you're rubbing my feet. You're telling me you love me. You must have read the five love languages and found that I like acts of service and words of affirmation. The only thing is the guy who's rubbing my feet and telling me he loves me acts like a total monster, acts like a total mama's boy, is another one of my children I have to take care of, is, is, a, is a child I'm afraid of because when he gets angry, it's really scary. And yet he seems like he has the, the mental capacity of a child. And he's obviously very unhappy most of the time with himself, with life, with his job, with his career, with his business, with the kids, with me. So doing these things, he is not doing them because he's a king. He is doing them so that his life doesn't change. He is doing them so that he doesn't get a divorce. So I need to double down and I need to tell him that doing these things is not going to work. That no matter what he says or does, we're still getting divorced. Which brings us back to the point of this whole video. See, these, the, you know, these women, they're, they're going to tell you, man. Because their current mindset is this is who you are. And you keep trying to add little pluses in this column. Oh, I'll put gas in her car. I'll help her with the dishes. I'll try to be nicer. I'll take the kids out for a, a daddy-daughter date or whatever. But she knows that you're not doing this stuff because it's in your heart. She knows you're doing this stuff because you don't want to get a divorce. Because you don't want to lose half your stuff. Because you don't want to lose your kids. So it actually makes it worse to go out and read books like the five love languages. They're going to make your marriage worse. It just shows her how selfish you are and how self-serving and manipulative you are. And it doubles down on why she should be leaving you. So what does that lead to? Well, that leads to the fights. That leads to the arguments. That leads to the, you're not enough for me. However she says it, it's what she's saying. What she's saying is you're not enough for me. And inside of that space, she's right, because you have not ascended your inner king and you have not ascended your outer king. When you ascend your inner king and outer king and you learn that 80% of what women want is identical for every woman on the planet, and you know about 10% of it, and you learn the 70% you're missing and you put these things together, what ends up happening is now her body starts responding to you in ways that she hasn't felt in a long time and starts to compel her into action.
compel her into action to be with you. And so often that, that action is, is collision, necessarily, mandatorily, because of the hundreds of thousands of examples where you have been the frog. She needs to know the frog is gone. And the only way that she knows that the king is risen is to collide with you. And that's this third stage here, ascend your queen. This is where she releases her rage. This is where you go through the, 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 the marriage conflict resolution process. But see, guys don't know how to do that either. So they completely ignore the inner man. They, they read the five love languages for the outer man and make everything worse. Then it blows up in their face and she collides with him and he doesn't know how to do that. And his inner man falls apart and his outer man falls apart. And all it does is convince her that there is no saving this marriage. And that's where this is coming from, that there is no saving this marriage. Why would I save a marriage with a guy who is part monster and part mama's boy and 0% man, a guy who does not understand how to be a husband and can't seem to figure it out. And I'm certainly not going to tell him so he can manipulate me with it. A guy who cannot engage in conflict and get it resolved so that all these issues keep piling up and piling up and piling up and piling up and getting worse. And then when we talk about stage four of the kingdom, what we're talking about here is if you remember back that first chart where we talked about body being balanced and business, are you making daily deposits into and expanding and growing all of those things like a man every day so that you're literally up leveling your wife's experience of what it means to be married to you on a daily basis? And most men, there's a big no here. Why? Nobody teaches us to do it. We've lost our warrior mentality. We're back into a wanderer mentality. We're so busy working on the marriage, it's falling apart and our life falling apart. We don't have time for body and being and business and all those things start failing and going in the wrong direction. So this, 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 this ascension that I talked about, what we've got to do is this, this inner man, what we've got to do is we've got to stop lying. We've got to tell the truth about what we want. We've got to tell the truth about what the facts are. We need to actually feel the feelings and learn how to process them. So much of this is in our subconscious, man. You need tools. You need coaching. You need mentorship. You need accountability. And inside of that brotherhood and inside of that space, we can start chipping away at that prison that you have incarcerated yourself in and that well-meaning parents and teachers and pastors and coaches have incarcerated you in with these stories, with these reasons, with these excuses, with these lies. And we break you free from that box and we give you the ability to become ultimately healthy and, and, and whole emotionally. And inside of that space, you are then able to execute on the elite level husband behaviors of stage two, ascending your outer king. Then we teach you that. And as we teach you that, she feels compelled to come back. And as she feels compelled to come back, there will be collisions. And we teach you how to fix that and to resolve that conflict. And then we teach you how to keep it resolved. And we teach you how to ascend your kingdom. And so kind of what's the process? A lot of guys are like, Bob, what is the process of how you do this? And what I'm going to tell you is the first thing we have to do is we have to communicate a message. Now, you're communicating a message to your wife every day. 
every moment, every interaction. Let's say that you're communicating a message to your wife in every single interaction. What messages are you communicating? That she's safe, that she's loved, that she's seen, that she's heard, that she's held, that she's cherished, that she's forgiven, that she's accepted, that you see the best in her, that you give her the benefit of the doubt, or that she's an annoyance, she's an irritation, she's a disappointment. You're sorry you married her. You're miserable in this marriage. You're violently unhappy. It's her fault. She needs to change. She needs to just accept you as you are. This message, man, is very important because here's what it leads to. Capture permission. See, the thing is, in every interaction, you have zero permission to take any liberties with her, even if you wear the matching ring. Zero, zero permission. In every single interaction, you need her permission to move forward with her inside that relationship. Now, in a good marriage, man, it's constantly assumed. But a good husband is constantly monitoring if he has permission to move forward with her. She has free will. Just because she said, I do, doesn't mean you get to talk to her. It doesn't mean you get to touch her. It doesn't mean you get to have sex with her. It doesn't mean you get to live in the same house with her. It doesn't mean anything, man. God gave her free will. He may look at what she's doing as sin, but that's for him to judge, not you. So you communicate a message in order to capture permission. Now, most of the time in a good marriage, the, mission, the, the permission is there, right? But the thing is, is from this point, capture permission, what are we capturing permission to do? You could say kiss her, you could say touch her, you could say touch her in, in private places, and all of those things would be correct. But what I'm going to tell you is that elite level husbands capture permission primarily to be able to convert mindset. What does that mean? Well, remember, her current mindset is that this marriage is broken beyond repair, not fixable, can never be fixed, and she's never coming back to you. That is a mindset. There was a time when her mindset was, this is my forever man. This marriage is going to work. It's going to last forever. I'm willing to do whatever it takes as a wife to plug in, commit my life to this man and grow old and die with him. And that is never going to change. Otherwise, she would have never said I do. And yet here she is today with a converted mindset a converted mindset that is exactly the opposite. How do you think that occurred? It occurred because you communicated hundreds of thousands of messages and you lost permission and are not able to convert her mindset. And then you go to her and you say, please, baby, baby, please, please don't divorce me. 
Is there anything I can do? I'll rub your feet. I'll wash the dishes. I'll go to counseling. I'll stop watching pornography, whatever it is. Please, please, please don't, don't divorce me. Number one, that's incredibly weak. But number two, you have no permission to convert her mindset. So as you begin to think about this and you begin to think about, well, what is that ascending the inner man? Ascending the inner man changes the nonverbal messages that you are communicating. It changes these nonverbal messages in ways that make her feel safe and loved and held and seen and cherished and forgiven. And ascending your outer king changes the verbal and the action-based messages that you are giving her, that she is loved by a man who gets her and understands her and makes her feel special and loved and all of those kinds of things. So when you ascend your inner king and you ascend your outer king, you learn to communicate better messages. And as you communicate better messages, you learn to capture permission again. Let's say recapture, recapture permission. And as you recapture that permission, you now use that permission to convert her mindset. Now, what are we going to do in converting mindset? What we're going to do is we're going to talk about the vehicle. We're going to talk about the guide. And we're going to talk about her. Now, what does that mean? What it means is if we can break the frame of divorce and we can build a new frame of reconciliation, what does that look like? What is the vehicle that's going to get us there? How are we going to get there? How can she come to see this? How can she come to feel this? How can she come to experience this? So the first thing we have to do is we have to get her to believe that there is a path. There is a path to reconciliation. There is a path to happiness inside this marriage. That path is going to take us where we want to go. That vehicle is going to take us where we want to go. Now, who's going to guide us on that journey? Well, that's going to be me, your husband. So she now needs to have new belief and new mindset about the guide. What's going to give her the new belief and the new mindset about the guide? It's the first warrior king ascension of ascending your inner man, which is going to communicate a message and recapture permission that, hey, this guy is not the scary monster. Hey, this guy is not the pathetic mama's boy. This guy is the man. This guy is capable of being an adult husband inside this marriage who does not scare me and who actually makes me feel better in every interaction, not worse. So I will allow him permission to enter my mind and start to show me and demonstrate this path and this vehicle because I now trust the guide. But then there's another piece. Can I get past this? As, as your wife speaking to herself, can I get past this? 
There's so much hurt. There's so much anger. There's so much that needs to be talked about. There's so much, there's just so much we need to go through. And so what you're going to find is that after you have communicated a message and after you have recaptured permission and after you have converted her mindset, the next stage here is going to be called compel action. Now, how do you compel action? Well, there's, there's, you know, there's a bunch of ways you can do it. I can offer her $100 million and say, if you stay married to me and act like you're happy, it's all yours in your own account, and I can't touch it, and you can do whatever you want with it. That's the, the carrot. I could threaten her with something she's very much afraid of, and that's called the stick. And by the way, this is how most guys do it. Hey, I can offer you this if you'll stay. Well, if you leave me, you'll never find anyone else. They're trying to use this pain and pleasure, this carrot and the stick. But it's external pressure. External pressure may work. It'll work as long as, it, as, as, as she needs to figure out a way to get free and take your $100 million and run, or until she gets free, and then she can go do the healing she needs to from the emotional damage you've caused her. So it's only going to work short term. What's going to compel action long term is her own body. Our bodies compel us like nothing else. Think of drug addicts. Think of cigarette smokers. They hate it. It's dirty. It's filthy. It's disgusting. It's expensive. It's inconvenient. It's hard being addicted. They know it's killing them. They know they're likely to get cancer or heart disease. So they put the cigarette out and what do they do? Never again. And 20 minutes later, somebody lights one up and they're right there with them smoking again. See, her body will become your greatest weapon in winning your wife back. Not a weapon against her, a weapon against Satan, but a weapon nonetheless. Because when you ascend your inner king and you ascend your outer king, the messages you're communicating are so much more different and they drive so much more permission and they allow you so much more deeply into her heart, mind and soul, which is, this is not bad, man. This is not manipulative. This is what God designed. And your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. God designed this. All I'm doing is breaking it down for you. So here's the thing. Her body compels her. Why does her body compel her? Because in every interaction with you, she feels better. Why does she feel better? Because she gets a flood of, of brain chemicals dopamine and vasopressin and oxytocin and serotonin and testosterone and estrogen. It makes her feel, want to be, give and receive love. It makes her bond with you. It makes her attached to you. It makes her attracted to you. It makes her sexually aroused by you. All of these feelings in her body, they make her feel wonderful. And this wonderful feeling is now being imprinted on you that if she wants to feel wonderful, she needs to get around you. And the more she gets around you, the more wonderful she feels. By the way, this is how we communicate in convert mindset, this vehicle, we communicate it to her by showing it to her. We don't communicate it to her by talking to her about it and trying to convince her of it and selling her on it. We communicate it when we ascend our inner king and we ascend our outer king. 
and we show her the different experiences that she gets and those experiences lead to thoughts and lead to feelings and lead to actions and beliefs. And the action is what we're talking about here, compelled action, where her body now says, I must have this man. I want to wrap my arms and legs around him frequently and hold him tightly with both arms and legs and not let him go. And her brain is saying, not that frog, not that frog. Mm -mm. Hurt me too many times, broken my heart too many times, let me down too many times, lied to me too many times. But she is now compelled into action by her body because those brain chemicals are making her feel better when she does and worse when she doesn't. And that's, that's, that's just it, ma'am. It's pain and pleasure. It's what compels action. And so the better you get at ascending your inner king and the better that you get at ascending your outer king, the more pleasure you communicate in every message, the more permission you recapture in every interaction, the more you're able to convert mindset automatically. You're not going to say, let's talk. You're not going to give her a PowerPoint and be like, let's talk about the vehicle. Let's talk about the guide. Let's talk about you. Can you get past these things? Can you resolve them? Can you get them done? She will be compelled to take that action of converting her own mindset about whether or not she can get past them because the action that is compelled in this stage, I don't know if I spelled that right, but if I didn't, you guys will forgive me. The action she is compelled to take in this stage is to get past it. It's to work through the nonsense. It's to work through the garbage. It's to resolve these issues. And she's not sure that she can trust the guide to do this. She's not sure that this new vehicle is going to hold up. She's not sure that she can get to a point where her brain will give her the green light on what her body wants to do with you. So inside of this stage, it's actually the third warrior king ascension of ascending your queen. It's getting her back on her throne, feeling like a queen, feeling like a wife, treated like a wife, treated like a queen. And the only way that she can get there is first she has to work through all these issues because in the mind of the woman, she remembers them all from the time you didn't open her door on your first date to you didn't introduce her as your date on your second date to you didn't introduce her as your girlfriend on your 30th date or whatever. And it's all in there, man, and it's got to get unjumbled. And she needs a man, not a monster and not a mama's boy who has elite level husband skills and knows how to navigate those conversations, knows how to convince her that the frog who did that stuff to her is dead and gone, and that the king who has risen from his ashes is here to stay. And when that happens, we start to see something different. When that happens, we start to see this idea of... probably misspelled that too. You know, spell check is a wonderful and a terrible thing. So we start to see this idea of closing a commitment. You know, when you close a sale, it's when people are getting ready to take action. They're getting ready to move forward with you. So what we see is this thing where we're going to now close commitment. How are we going to close commitment? Certainly not by begging her, certainly not by threatening her, but when we give her the experiences that convert her mindset and inside this compel action, which is inside this release her rage, which is inside this ascend your queen, 
these things will occur and she will herself decide that she is moving forward with you. And inside of that space, you'll have the conversations and those conversations will become clear to you that she's moving forward with you. There may be things you need to say. There may be things you don't need to say without a coach, without a team, without a brotherhood, without accountability, without training, without tools. I mean, you're going to be lost in every step of this process, but I want to explain the process to you. When you get to this closed commitment, though, something needs to cement that the, the direction has changed. Something needs to signify that the direction has changed, that the old life is gone and dead and the new life is here to stay. And she will buy into that and she will give you her buy-in. And most of the time, what that means is she will ask you, how can I be a better wife? There's no greater example of close commitment than when she's like, look, you've become such a better husband. I am all in on this marriage. I don't want to lose you. You've become the flame. I've become the moth. How can I be a better wife? I know I messed up in this marriage. I know I caused it problems. And my brother, you might say, well, Bob, how does that reconcile with the fact that I said as the man, it's all your fault? It's all your fault. Your wife's never told you that. Like, she's not perfect. She is causing problems in your marriage. Let's acknowledge that. But you have not led her to a place where it is safe and productive to confess that. You have not led her to a place where it is in her own best interest and she feels safe to be vulnerable and confess that to you. That's why the failing marriage is your fault. Not because she doesn't have any fault in it. It's because you've never led her to a place to where she can be self-aware and feel safe to be vulnerable and admit her fault and start working on her own problems. And inside of this space, she has biblically submitted to you, whether you realize it or not, not so that you can like order her to eat chicken rather than steak, but instead so that you can continue to lead her in acting more like Jesus. Because what I'm describing to you here is the process of winning your wife back through sanctification, through becoming more like Jesus. Jesus does all this stuff to us all the time. He's communicating a message. He's capturing permission. He's not going against our free will ever. He tells us, read his word. What do you think that does? It converts our mindset. At some point, we're we have to make a decision. Are we going to believe? Are we going to follow? Are we going to trust? Are we going to have faith? And before we get there, we're compelled into action because the Holy Spirit touches our heart. Man, this this. This is part of what Ephesians 5.25 means. We have literally boiled Ephesians 5.25 down into over 112 separate layers. I'm only describing one of them for you here, brothers. But what ends up happening? This is where you get that laughing, dancing, tickling, teasing, pleasing girl who straddles your lap, kisses you with soft lips, interlaces her fingers with yours whispers stuff in your ear, looks at you with eyes of respect and desire and appreciation, and a girl who will make all your high school fantasies come true. And there's only one thing left. And we love alliterations here. It helps you to learn. If you, if you look at this thing, man, it's C, 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 C. By the way, this works in business too. 
you communicate a market to your market. That's called marketing. Capture permission. It's called getting their email address. You invert their mindset. That's the training that you're giving them, like what I'm doing for you right here. There's compel action when you see that there's a pit that is so painful that you can no longer look in the mirror and, and, and accept your life as a man and that you must do something about it. And there is a peak so high that the woman of your children and the woman of your youth is making all of your high school dreams come true and biblically submitting to you and asking to be led how to be a better wife so that she can work on her own ego and she can work on her own pride and she can tear those things down. And you can feel better in every interaction and she can feel better in every action. And then we just ask the question, are you all in on this or not? I'm going to ask you right here, brother, are you all in on this or not? Because if you are all in on this and you have been compelled to action, then the action that I would suggest that you take is to get on a Zoom call with us so that we can understand the inner workings and dynamics of your unique and specific marriage and see if you're a fit for our training, see if you're a fit for our tools, see if you're a fit for our coaching, see if you're a fit for our accountability, see if you're a fit for our brotherhood, see if you're a fit for this. And so inside of the business conversation, the last piece is we just collect cash. Now, inside the conversation with your wife, how do you collect cash? It's not actually cash, man. But you're going to collect what you want in every room of the house. And she's going to be more than happy to give it to you. Because it serves her interest. Because it furthers her life. Because it gets her where she wants to go. Because she enjoys giving it to you. That's how you win your wife back, man. And you can do it in eight weeks or less. We have 2,300 examples of men who have done it. But you got to do it. Inside of the business conversation, at the end of that call, if you are a fit, we will collect actual cash. This is not something that we can just send you an ebook. This is something where you need all day, every day, unlimited one-on-one -on -one coaching where you need a brotherhood of men who you meet with both on Zoom and in a, in a private social media app and where we stay with you for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life, this brotherhood is here for you if you qualify, if you are accepted. If you qualify and you're accepted, we will collect some cash and then the gates are opening, the doors open, and your experience starts the day we collect the cash. By the way, it's not just cash, it's credit cards. So that's it, man. So what I want you to know is that your wife does not want a divorce. She does not want a divorce. She wants you to do this. She desperately wants you to do this. Do not force her to divorce you. Rise as a king. Be the man. And if you think that you might qualify to work with us, go to www.realmanrevolution.com. www.realmanrevolution.com. 
I want you to go there right now before you forget. There'll be a short application. Fill out that application. If it's accepted, we'll get on the phone with you. We'll talk. And if you're a fit for this brotherhood, we'll make you an offer. And we'll get you your wife back in eight weeks or less. Guaranteed. I'm Bob Gerace, and I'll see you on the other side.